But it's good to see everyone here today. Um, I don't know, something about Sundays where you get to see people consistently, you know, the same faces, and it just brings comfort to me when I see you guys arrive at church, you know. Um, so I'm glad we're a community of faith here at Ohana Christian Church. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning, Lord, and we gather here today, Lord, to seek your face and learn more of you, Lord. Lord, we pray that today that we would experience your power and your might and your majesty, that, Lord, we may know the extent of your goodness towards us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, if you have your Bible, please turn with me to the book of Mark. Um, we've been... We, We've been going over a series of, on the book of Mark, and today we'll be going over, um, we'll, we'll be reading from Mark chapter 5. Um, so, Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. So this is the gospel according to Mark. They, speaking of Jesus and his disciples, they went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tomb to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, even with, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, For we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, Send us among the pigs. Allow us to go in them. He gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out went into the pigs, the herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave the region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. 
and all the people were amazed. This is the word of the Lord, according to Mark. So what are your thoughts when you hear a story like this? Pretty amazing, right? You might think things like, I mean, this is what went through my mind, was like, are demons real? Like, and I looked at this story, and I'm like, poor guy, he, he had the demons, and he, wow, he couldn't even control himself. And then I had some questions, like, how come the demons asked to go into the pigs, and then why did the pigs just run off and kill themselves? Like, why even ask? Just go. And then the strange thing is, why did the people, after they witnessed this great miracle, this great show of power, why did they ask Jesus to leave? Isn't that strange? Now, here in Hawaii, I feel like the people here in Hawaii, we're really spiritual. We believe in the spiritual. I mean, growing up in the islands, we hear stories about the Hawaiian gods and amakuas, and we hear ghost stories. And we're told not to take any rocks home because you could bring a spirit home with you. Um, and it could torment you. We hear about night marchers and all that good stuff. So here in Hawaii, we really believe in the spiritual. Um, growing in high school, I, I like to tell my high school days because that's when I was really tro- troublemaker, rambunctious, did some stupid things. Um, but what, one thing we love to do as high schoolers, we love to go ghost hunting. I mean, there's nothing else to do on the island, right, but to watch movies as a high schooler or I don't know what else, drink illegally. I, don't, I never did that. But, um, <laughs> but one thing we liked to do was to go ghost hunting. So we went to, we often drove off and we went to cemeteries to see if something would happen or we went to babies cry um, just so that we would get spooked out. But I remember one time after New Year's, um, we decided to go to the poly. We were just doing whatever. I threw the, my friend picked us up. I grabbed the fireworks that we had left over from New Year's, went into the car, we drove off. We probably watched a movie that night, but I remember we went to the, to the Pully Lookout that night. And if you know the history of the Pully Lookout, that's where King Kamehameha had his last battle to unite the islands. And thousands of people died there. They were thrown off the cliff, and some people jumped because they felt hopeless, and it's the resting place of many people. So we went there, and it was a calm night. There was no wind. No clouds in the sky. We could see all the stars we wanted. It was just beautiful. So we're sitting there, and we're just talking story. And I had this brilliant idea. I'm going to take my Roman candle. I'm going to light it. Because then all the people on the bottom can see all these fireworks, and they'll be like, wow, that's, that's so cool. So I lit the Roman candle, and it started shooting off. Pew, pew, pew. And about the fourth one, the, the Roman candles started shooting off in all different directions. And the wind just started picking up. And when it was done, we were like, oh, that was so weird. Why did, like, the wind, is it coincidence? So we're th- I was thinking, yeah, just coincidence, whatever. I believe in God, you know. So I grabbed my fireworks now. 
you know the red ones, the thousand pack. And I'm like, I'm gonna light this and throw this off the edge. So I lit it, threw it off the edge, just pa 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 pa. And as soon as I did this, it just started to downpour, just heavily buckets, just on us. And we just freaked out. We're like, ah, let's get out of here. So we ran to our car. We're waiting for our friend who's behind us, trying to, who had the key to open the car. We're like, hurry up, get it, open the door. And as soon as he opened the door, he had a van, right? The sliding door opened. All of us jumped in. Doo! He took off. We were speeding down the road. We're like, get out of here, get out of here. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, what did I just do? I hope no spirits follow me home. So I'm in the back praying, God, please, I'm sorry. That was just stupid of me. Just protect us. Be our God. Watch over us. And I think he answered that prayer because I'm here today. (laughs) But that's just, you know, things that we may have encountered in the spiritual here in Hawaii. Something like that. Now, as a church, we decided to look at the book of Mark. And I really enjoy the book of Mark. Um, For you Bible trivia people, um, the scholars believe that Mark is the first gospel to be written out of the four. So it's the oldest. And Mark likes to show Jesus' teaching through his works. He doesn't like to make long speeches like the Sermon on the Mount. It's a lot about what Jesus does. And he shows his teachings through what Jesus does through his works. And there's two reasons why I like this book. Okay? First of all, it's the shortest gospel, and I hate reading. Okay? But the second thing I like, this, I like about this gospel is it's like an action flick. So let's continue on to the story of Mark. Now, in the last episode of Jesus, according to Mark, Jesus and his disciples were traveling across the lake where they were met with this fierce storm, kind of like the one at the poly. And the disciples started to panic, but Jesus was in the boat, and he kept sleeping. And they're like, get up, Jesus! Get up! Somebody, wake up, Jesus! We're going to die here tonight. So Jesus, after taking his power nap, he gets up, rebukes the winds, and says, Peace be still. And the winds and the seas obey him. Who is this guy that's with us on this boat? Who is this that the winds and the seas obey him? Now to our current episode of Jesus according to Mark. Jesus meets the Incredible Hulk. After an adventurous night on the lake, Jesus arrives on the shore of the country of Gerasenes. This is not Jesus' country. These people were not Jewish, nor did they follow the Jewish customs. And you can tell this because the Jewish people did not own pigs. Pigs were seen as unclean to the Jewish people. They were kosher. Now with this, I have three observations. And the first one is about the demoniac, the Incredible Hulk. 
So Jesus travels over to this country and is met by a man with an evil spirit. Some translation interprets this as an unclean spirit, kind of like the pigs. And the Bible describes this person as a man who lived in a cemetery. Now, if you lived in the hills next to the tombs, you would hear this tormented man crying night and day, day and night. Can you imagine the neighbors? They must have been like, oh no, he's at it again. Jerry, we need to move. This brother here is ridiculous. This man was so unruly, so uncontrollable, that they treated him like an animal. Like he was inhuman, as if he had no human qualities or characteristics. They put chains on him, like a dog. Yet this man was so strong, he was able to break the chains. Now, pers I personally like to name my characters in the Bible like after names, like how the Game of Thrones name their characters. It just makes it fun and motivates me to read. So I would name this person here something like, the breaker of chains, or the host of legions. The best image I can relate to this person, if I were to relate this person to anybody else, would be the Incredible Hulk. I wonder, like, when they were putting the chains on this man, he started to go into a fit of rage, and then his, his white shirt started to rip as his muscles bulged and his tan skin turned green. And in a state of rage, he screams, Hulk, smash! And the chain link shatter like shrapnel as he does his two-fisted smash amongst the tombs. And now everyone is running for their lives. He's like, oh no, he's loose again. Oh, run for your lives. Now, this might be a bad thing for everyone else, but this works wonderfully for this man. So the Incredible Hulk, I mean, this man, is standing in the cemetery, seeing, and he looks out towards the lake, and he sees this boat pulling up to the shore. And he's probably thinking, smash boat! So he runs up to the boat and meets Jesus as he's getting out of the boat. And as he's running, ah, he falls to his knees. And kneels. How many of you can see yourself in this character? Anyone relate? Not really, huh? How many of you ever had a fit of rage? How many of you had a temptation to, to do something evil? My next observation is about legion. So Jesus confronts this man with this unclean slash evil spirit. This man, this breaker of chains, this incredible Hulk, is subdued and kneeling at the feet of Jesus. He acknowledges who Jesus is and he knows Jesus' identity. The Bible says he calls him Jesus, 
the Son of the Most High God. You see, in Mark's Gospel, the author lets the readers know whose Jesus' identity is. But there's this thing called the Messianic secret in Mark, where the characters in the story have no idea who Jesus is, and they're left to figure out who is this guy. So these, if you look at Mark chapter 1, verse 10 through 11, when Jesus gets baptized, this is just one example. Okay? It reads as this, Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw the heaven being torn open, and the Spirit descended on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. See, in this text, the people don't never see the heavens open up. It says, only Jesus saw the heavens open up, and the, dove, the Spirit descend on him like a dove. And the message to him is not for everyone to hear, it was just for Jesus. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Why the secret? Now, it's amazing that God tells this to Jesus even before he starts his ministry. He doesn't say, after his ministry, in you I am well pleased. It's even before he starts. He said, I love you no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter, I love you and I'm pleased with you just as who you are. Doesn't matter what you're going to do. So everyone else in the story is wondering, who is this guy? Who is this Jesus that casts out demons, who calms the storm, who heals the sick? Is he a prophet? Is he crazy? Isn't that, that the question that many of us in this world have today? Who is Jesus? Now this demon, he knows Jesus and the power that he possesses. Jesus commands the demon to give up his name, and it obeys. He commands the demon to leave this man, and it obeys. He gives permission for the evil spirits to enter into the pigs, and they obey. See, Jesus is in command. He's in control. This person who people are wondering, who is this guy? Has command over the evil spirits. So the evil spirits enter 2,000 pigs. This shows the immense power of this evil spirit. 2,000 pigs. I want you to close your eyes for a moment and envision 2,000 pigs. This one spirit came out of one man and entered 2,000 pigs. Yet, this evil spirit that consumed 2,000 pigs submitted themselves to Jesus. Who is this guy? After entering the pigs, the evil spirit does what evil do. They destroy. The pigs ran down the bank of the hill into the lake and drowned themselves. They killed themselves. 
2,000 pigs floating in the water, dead. This is the destructive nature of evil. Now, Hulk may smash Loki and go, pew, 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 puny God. But Jesus is no puny God. Jesus is superior to the demon. My last observation is about the people, the community's reaction. So the, the story goes on and says that people were tending the pigs. They ran off into the city and told everyone about what happened. And the people who heard it ran back. And they came to Jesus and they saw this, they saw the possessed man sitting there in his right mind. And he was dressed properly. Hope changed back to Bruce Banner. And when they saw this, they were afraid. So the people told him, this is what happened to the person who was possessed. And this is what happened to the pigs. And the people asked Jesus, please leave, leave. One of the most surprising responses is the reaction of the people of Gerasenes. They hear the report and witness what a great thing that Jesus had done. He made this unruly, inhuman person human again. He restored this man to a person of dignity and worth. And the people saw this and they became afraid. Why did they ask him to leave? Maybe it was because of the pigs. Because I'm sure the pigs probably belonged to someone. And they probably had some worth to someone. See, the irony in this story is that the people who came back remained inhuman. They didn't have the characteristics of a human. They didn't have compassion or empathy or care for this other human being. And this is after they witnessed a person who was inhuman become human again. There was a news story that broke on ESPN this last week, and some of you may have heard of it. Um, and this story was about this man named Larry Nasser, And he worked at Michigan State, and he was the team doctor for the U.S. women gymnastics team. This man sexually assaulted 150 young women. Because of this, questions has arose to why this was not dealt with earlier. Why 150 people? Why did it take so long for this to be dealt with? So an investigation was conducted at Michigan State University, and they found out that it wasn't just the gymnastics team. But these allegations stemmed into both the football program and the basketball program. And all these allegations were never dealt with. Why was there a blind eye turned to all this injustice? And this isn't just happening at Michigan State. Do you think this is not happening at other schools? 
You see, football and basketball is such a huge revenue-making monster for these colleges. Like the people who lost their pigs. Could it be that corporate greed plays into these schools turning their back on those who are victims? Those who experience this injustice? Do we make others inhuman so that we can turn a profit for ourselves? I mean, come on. This is just sports. Why can't you penalize those who, who assaulted another person? So the question is, why do we selfishly care about something so much that we overlook that which is most important? People. People who are created to be the image bearers of God. Now, Jesus takes notice of these people. Jesus notices these people who experience such evil and injustices. He doesn't turn a blind eye to the evil that you may have experienced, that you may have suffered through, that you might be experiencing right now. God can take these things and bring healing and restoration if you allow him to. Jesus shows us in a world that is inhuman what being human is all about. A man named Preet Rollins, he, he's a philosophical theologian, and he says, you know, human beings are the only ones that can become inhuman. You never hear of a dog being in-dog. But human beings have the capability of doing things that are inhuman. Marianne Mai Thompson writes this quote, and just to sum up Mark, she says, she's a theologian, scholar of the New Testament, and she says this, everywhere, Jesus' status as a conqueror of evil comes to expression. He overcomes the diabolic spirits and enables his followers to do the same. Romans 8.37 says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him, through Jesus, who loves us. Just like the demoniac who suffered through, and we don't know why he was demon-possessed. The story doesn't tell us why, but it just says this was his circumstance. But God was able to take that circumstance and turn it around. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And I don't want to take this out of context, but what it's saying here is that God can take the horrible things in your life, the horrific things in your life, and he can turn it around. He can make beauty out of ashes. That's the power of our God who loves us. So what do we do with this? It's great news that God loves us so much, that God wants the best for us, that God is for us, that God makes us conquerors. 
What do we do with this? Now, we can respond in different ways. We can either be like the people and ask Jesus to leave, saying, Jesus, I don't need you. I can do this on my own. We can remain inhuman, narcissistic people, people who lack mercy or compassion, who have our own agendas, who have our own selfish ways. We are people who can be driven by greed. Or we can be like the demoniac, the person who is demon-possessed. And we can experience the power and the compassion of God and be a transformed people, a people who shares with others how much the Lord has done for us, just like how he went out and shared the good news with everyone else. And the Bible says that they were amazed. Now I'm going to close with prayer. But as I do so, I'm going to give a moment of silence for you to pray and talk with God. And just search your hearts and reflect and respond back to God. So let us pray.